Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the 3BY podcast, the official podcast of beans, bullets, bandages, and you. you. I'm trying to sound like Don Pardo here, but it's not working. Remember Don Pardo, Saturday Night Live, and all the game shows? It's all right. We've already got one of those. Okay. Well, yeah, somebody's dead. So. Having a salty is preferred in my book, actually. Especially since he's dead. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Welcome to the big show. We've got something for you today. We got something. We got a list. Everybody loves lists, so we're going to do a list today. We made our list. We checked it once. Yeah, we only checked it once. In fact, we just went through. Now we're going to say this is not an all-inclusive list. Obviously, this is not an all-inclusive list. There's many, many more things that we could come up with. In fact, some of them are probably much more important than some of the stuff we put on the list. But we just did a little bit of uh, a school practice there and. Uh, Came Just up with a few items to put on this list. So, Food for thought. What is our list of today? What preppers do too much of, or pay too much attention to. Or count on too much. Or count on too much. Right. Some of, it's a little bit of each. Um, so what is the first thing on our list? I, I know what it is. So, cause it's you mean little, our personal list? On our <laughs> list and our personal <laughs> list. Go for it. Guns. And by guns, we mean guns and ammunition both. Yes. Not having some, but having big piles. And giving them too much emphasis in your prepping. Yeah. Relying upon them too much. They can't solve most problems. Well, I think there's a, uh, there's a disconnect between reality and between what we think of in a gridded-down, stuff-hits-the-fan scenario. And, you know, we've all, well, I have, at least she hasn't, but most of us have read the prepper uh, fiction, and some of us have written the prepper fiction, and that's cool, you know, it's fun. And uh, you get into worlds where, you know, a lot of those books, and um, Mick Rowland, who, Mick, hey, you're listening to this? Hey there, bud. Um, Mick Rowland was talking to me about this, and saying that, you know, there's a, uh, a, a often a big emphasis in books on guns and how, you know, it's, it's gun-oriented. You get into shoot-em-ups. And this is very true. It's very true. Um, Got to admit, these look like the male version of bodice rippers. They do. And a, lo- a lot of situations. In fact, I've read, oh, a lot of this. I was certainly not all of it because it's a really growing genre. But I've read a lot of the... Um, Books and they just way, way, way gun oriented. I mean, to the point of, come on, man, it's just getting silly. Guns have their place. Hey, there was an Avante. You don't see those every day. We're driving down the road, by the way, in case you hear the road sounds. I saw an Avante go past. You just really don't see them all that much anymore. But anyway, long story short, I'm guilty as charged on this one. And I admit it freely. I have spent too much time and effort, and prepping energy and money on my gun collection. Now, true, I am a gun guy, okay? Yeah, he does. I was a gun guy before I was a prepper. So, it's not, to me, it's all of the guns I have are not prepping guns, and I realize that. In his case, it's, and I, I like to shoot, but I am perfectly happy having a small number of guns to shoot. Yeah, he just she, likes guns. She likes her guns. And I like lots of guns. But there comes a point in time where I don't consider a lot of them prepping guns. They're just guns that I happen to own. Yeah. 
and enjoy shooting at paper targets, at tin cans, at whatever. So I think, though, we get ourselves into a mentality where we think, you know, if we get a stuff hits the fan scenario, the rule of law disappears. That We're instantly going to turn into uh, escape from New York type stuff, you know, Mad Max type stuff. And while there certainly may be some of those situations occurring, and I definitely recommend having protection in the form of firearms. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely all about having them. We just tend to, we need to watch out for placing way too much emphasis on firearms because, frankly, the old prepper axiom of of two is one, one is none is, is true, in my opinion, as far as the prepping goes. 12 is still 10, though, and 12 10 is, is more yes, than 12 you is still 10. You know, really. I mean, and if you have enough ammunition on hand to last you out a five-year situation, you're, you're either probably, you're probably, if the stuff hits the fan, um, and we have a the end of the world as we know it type situation, five years from now, only 5% of us are going to be alive. So, you know, there will be plenty of stuff lying around if you're one of the 5%. And that will as much depend on luck as preparation and not getting sick and not getting an infection from a cut and yada, yada, yada. Not dying in childbirth if you're a woman. Strangely, that was just the one I was opening my mouth to say. We've been married a while, haven't we? Yeah, because that was by far, by far the main amount of... uh, Biggest killer of women. Biggest killer of women up until very recently. Hundreds of years, thousands of years. And uh, there's another reason to listen to her or to read her piece on uh, natural birth control. Because really, childbirth without modern medicine was just, you don't want to go there. So, anyway, pressing right along. We got more on this list. Guns is something we way, way overdo. So, you know, if your first thought on prepping goes right to Smith & Wesson, you probably need to, to do a little bit of a reality check. Or start there and then move on to something else. Right. Come back later if you want to expand, but don't do guns, 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 all the guns, and then before you think of anything else. Because if you're one of those jerks who thinks you're going to get by by going around and taking from everybody else, you have a very short projected lifespan. Very short. You won't last a week doing that stuff. You won't last a week doing that stuff. You, somebody like that come into our community, I don't even like to think the chances they last a day <laughs> in our community where we've got all these good old country boys with good old 30-06s and good old 30-30s. Yeah, you ain't gonna, that's not gonna, not gonna fly. So, anyway, what's number two on our list? Let's cut to the heart of the matter. Knives. Knives. Oh, come on, guys. Knives. I know this is gonna, this is gonna, I'm gonna reach out to you, knife guys, and rip your hearts, because you know where I'm going with having Great knives is a good thing. I have no problem. Having wonderful, high-quality knives. And tools to keep them in shape and and knowing how to keep them in shape. Absolutely wonderful. But 
you just need to back it off a little bit when it comes to owning 150 of them and think you're prepping. Now, if you want to own 150 not great quality knives and, and do it because you love knives, that's fine. But that ain't prepping. That's being a knife collector. So don't confuse the two. A lot of what we have to do on the collecting side of it is, yeah, fine. If that's your hobby, if you love knives, fine. Be a knife collector. But that is not a prep. Having the quality tools that you need for survival is prepping. Having 150 more of them is collecting. And there's nothing wrong with collecting, but let's admit what it is. And let's also not use up all of our resources collecting knives or whatever it is you're collecting and ignore other aspects other aspects that you got to take care of related story about diving diving Um, we were getting ready to dive in a cavern one day yes which is something by the way you just don't casually do you need trained for it it can be a really dangerous activity yeah don't don't go into a cave unless you know what you're doing and there were diving particularly underwater Particularly and they were underwater. Uh, yes, underwater. a couple guys there getting ready, and one of them had a uh, knife with a 14-inch blade oh, yeah, he was strapping to his calf. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, it wasn't my line. It was Salty's line. Well, I guess Chuck Norris hasn't dived in this cave because he hasn't killed off all the giant cave sharks yet. For those of you who don't know, we dive in freshwater caves. There are no cave sharks. There are no cave sharks, even when you don't dive in freshwater caves, frankly, other than little bitty ones. There's nothing in a cave that would require a 14-inch blade knife to deal with. Don't get me wrong. You absolutely need cutting tools in a cave. Good quality cutting tools. Absolutely. And you need multiple ones. You need several of them. We we carry knives. We carry uh, cord cord cutters. We carry shears. We carry all kinds of stuff all over our body. So if you're entrapped, you can actually reach one of them and cut the line or whatever that's entrapping you. Yeah, I was was telling a guy. um, There's nothing big there. You need nothing. You need a big knife for. I was telling a guy that uh, uh, he would be really disappointed. A knife guy, or I don't really know if he's a knife guy or not, but he's a knife guy. Disappointed. Uh, if he saw our dive knives, because what they are is they're like three inch long. They're cut to down to three inches. They were steak knives that were cut down Little to three Ginsu inches. knives, you know those things they used to sell on TV? Now you can get them at, at yard sales for a, a dime a piece. Because they're really not very good for anything else, but they're great for diving. You, you double over a piece of harness, sew it together, put a loop in it, and you've got a perfect dive knife. And if you drop the thing while you're... While you're in a cave, you're not tempted you're not, yeah. to do stupid to get it back. You're not going to, oh my gosh, that's a $70 knife. I'm going to spend the rest of this dive and get distracted trying to get my knife back. No, he's like, oh, well, the next diver that's down there will get a free knife. It's great at cutting web gear and lines, and that's what you need. Yeah. It, in fact, the, the, the points are just completely ground off. There, there's, no, there's no point to them at all because you don't need a point in and a cave while diving. Right There's tool for the right job, to... not the thing that looks cool for the job. Right, and it's a, like I said, it's a 10-cent knife, but it works better than a $50 knife would for the same situation. On a related note, tactical gear. Tactical gear. I'm looking at you, tactical vests. Oh, yeah, those vests. you know, And the web belts with all the things. Anytime you, you tape a tra- duct tape a trauma plate to your back, 
Ball Ninja. Ball Ninja, yeah. We, uh, the 3BY project is dedicated to the death of all mall ninjas. We're not a mall ninja zone. I mean, it's one thing to have tactical. Heck, we have, between the two of us, we have two of the most tactical self-defense carbine setups that you can have. I mean, even the even in the games, the, the, the games that people play, we don't play these games. She likes to play puzzle games. I don't play any computer games. Um, but these shoot 'em ups, you know, they always that man. You get a Tavor and you get the uh, you get the EOTech sights on them, and I mean, you get all tactical, you know, the 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 proper uh, quick release swings, and you know, it's we got the tactical, but it's coincidental. And I've got one of those Web Gear vests, and I use it when I'm. Working in the woods and stuff, I can put my tools on it. Right. When I'm taking care of my trees and my fences and my things like that at the place. So I'm not saying there's no point to any of it. I'm just saying think about if there is a realistic point to it. Are you ever going to want to wander around wearing that thing with all that stuff attached to it? And you're going to look like an idiot Mm -hmm. to anybody who isn't. They're going to think you're paintballing. To anybody who isn't. A prepper or a tactical dude, you're going to look like just, you're going to look like such a poser. I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to look like such a poser. Uh, and, and if you're, to me, if you're going to get camo and stuff like that, if you want to get military surplus camo, that's fine. Everybody wears that stuff, right? But if, if you want to get uh, actual camo for where we live, which is out in the boonies, you go to the farm store, you go to, you go to the, the uh, uh, outfitter store, and you get Realtree. And nobody will give you a second look. And that's the whole idea behind it. You don't want yeah. people giving you a second look. It's, you wear ca- camo from, from the farm store or from the, the uh, Bass Pro or any of these big box stores, you'll never get a second look. Paranoid Prepper did a piece on being a gray man. He, he's in an urban environment. And his advice works great in, a, in a, an urban environment. Yeah, but, highly recommend. If you haven't read that, you probably yeah. have. But if you haven't read that piece, it's it's done with a good sense of humor. I mean, he's kind of joking around with it. But, you know, the information's still good. So, But if you're out here, I wear uh, camo cargo pants a lot because, hey, they have great big side pockets. And they're really handy when I'm working out in the woods. Yeah, right now I'm wearing a pair of overalls. I wear overalls a lot in the winter, and, you know, I have camo overalls that I can wear. And yeah, neither one of us looks even a nibble out of place in the rural part of the northern Missouri where we live. Okay, so, you know, Everybody how, how do you know if you're going a little bit too tactical? Well, you know, there's, there's just ways you can tell. Here's one way. Your carbine, your AR-15, if you're an AR-15 guy, put it on a scale. If it weighs 9 pounds or more... You're too tactical on that carbine. Take something off of it. No carbine really needs to weigh more than nine pounds. That's ridiculous for an AR, which is a very light gun. That means you've got like ten accessories on it. Uh, and I'm talking unloaded weight, okay? I, I don't like my ARs to weigh eight pounds, let alone nine. I mean, you put an optic on it, you should be good. I mean, if you're going to, you know, there's other stuff you can, you can add all kinds of junk to a gun. But really, if you're going to be lugging that thing around, you want, you want it to be as light as possible because that will let you swing it that much faster. And it lets you pull it up to, to position that much faster. And it, the side stuff gets heavy after you're carrying around all day long. 
And so. you, it gets caught in loops of web gear and stuff like that if you got those bipods and stuff on the front of it. Even our Tavors, which are not the lightest guns in the world, come in under nine pounds with the optics on them. So uh, and they're actually better balanced as far as the weight goes because it's back more towards your body. But still, the dead weight of lugging that thing around is pretty heavy. Ooh, that's... Hmm. We just saw one of those convoys carrying nuclear fuel. Kind of like, Got to make sure all the all the military vehicles around that thing and all the... Nope, doesn't creep me out a bit. All the, the 18 zillion wheels that they're calling it on. I've worked with the radioactives. Those don't scare me. I know they, the convoys kind of creep me out with all the military vehicles. Anyway, next thing on our list. How much time and energy and posts have you seen on Prepper World about fire-starting gear? Oh, my gosh. Fire-starting gear. Fire-starting gear. Spending time learning how to start fires with sticks. Oh, come on, guys. Bic lighters are really light, okay? Yeah. They're cheap, okay? Now, Buy a gross of them, you're done. Now, I'm, my uh, bag that I keep in my car all the time and the one that's here in your car too i think i put one in that one yeah there's a fire starting kit in there besides having just a couple of lighters there's also a um, little pill bottle that has some uh, cotton and vaseline smushed together nothing wrong with because that. i've tried those for starting actually my kelly kettle and stuff when all i've got is wet tinder to work with and they, they really help when the stuff you've got to light is wet Really handy. So I'm not saying get nothing, but I'm saying if you're thinking, well, five years down the road when all the lighters are out of fuel, guys, you got, hey, you've had five years to learn to start fire some other way by then. You'll have it figured out. Okay. Or you can just learn to do what they did in the old days, which would be start fires off of embers. Just never let your fire go out. Keep the home fire burning. That's what it meant. That's the whole idea behind that Yeah, phrase. but practice that one before you rely on it, because I've tried it a few times, and oh, without yeah. practice, it, Absolutely. Didn't, it didn't work out all that well for me, to be honest. But you don't, you haven't done that since you were born, so... Yeah, and I still practice on it now and then to get better at it. Okay, what else we got? What else do we have? Uh, let me open my list back up again. It's on the there we it's go. on the electronic device. Thirty year food. <laughs> Thirty year food. Hey, I got nothing wrong with having long term storage food. There's nothing against it. But I know a lot of people just get so into having, you know, X many years worth of thirty year long shelf life. And I've heard people talk about it and all they you know, it's almost all rice and beans. Try living off that for a while. See how it goes for you. 30 years and if you don't now, like it, mix it up. 30 years from now, I'll be 85 years old. Really? I'm, and I'm going to be eating yeah, food out of my basement? But, you know, well, we, we, we can. We've got some. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we do have. We have some. Yeah, we, we have some. I'm not saying we don't have it. We have and a good supply, We've got supply, a, a, a couple of different buckets worth open at once. And yeah, but we, we, we work them through food. our usual food supply. Yeah, that's one of the things we do, though. We buy, we have stuff that we're working through. You know, we buy wheat, but we make bread out of it. She grinds the bread, or grinds the wheat, makes bread. It's stuff we actually eat. Not, 
oh, yeah, I'm going to wait till a disaster comes and then have no, 35 buckets of rice and beans. And that's we actually do have the, gonna the, be my the whole grinder plan. and do grind it. Um, actually, I, I've got, oh, I, I've gone through lots of buckets of rolled oats because I like myself some rolled oats. Rolled oats are maybe the best. If you're going to have long-term, and I don't think they're 30 years. I think they're 10 years. But still, if you're going to have a, one long-term storage food that you, you just can't beat, it's rolled oats. Because you could just put, put them in water, wait a few minutes, and eat them. They don't taste that good, but you can eat it. But you can also uh, store things like cinnamon and dried fruit and nuts go really well in there. And then it's like actual food. And, and it's a great food. It's a great food. It's also a food that's not a gluten problem. Yeah, for the for the gluten free people, it's a, it's a to me, world oats is one of my top survival foods. Mm-hmm. For anybody who isn't an anti grain person, you know, if you're an anti grain person, maybe that's not for you. But you better live in cattle country if you're an anti grain person. Okay, so I, what I'm saying isn't that don't have it. I'm just saying, just because you have some 30 year survival food doesn't mean you're set. Yeah, also it's not going to last you. You're going to sure have you- to grow food thought about actually eat what it would look like to have meals made mostly of that stuff so and, yeah and be realistic about it you're gonna have to grow food and frankly you don't want to learn how to grow food in the stuff hits the fan situation you want to know how to do it beforehand so don't wait around this is a skill you need to start yeah. developing even if you're just growing tomatoes in pots on your porch you may have seen salty's stuff on uh Mistakes I've made buying guns. I could, it might not be, well, it wouldn't be as interesting to a lot of people, or I would have written it by now. I could certainly do a much more extensive companion piece on stuff I've learned the hard way trying to garden. <laughs> Which you should probably do. I've days. done some of them, and they haven't gotten a lot of attention, because that's one of the things that's not cool and interesting to a lot of people. But, but I still write them and put them on, because I think the information needs to be out there. To be fair, on our site, we have a lot of stuff on our site that very few people have actually read because we decided early on that we were going to build a site with a lot of content on it before we really tried to to spread the word because we didn't want people coming and seeing a mostly empty site and just leaving and never coming back. So there's a lot of our early content that has actually not been read very much. So click on those archives, people, on our site, and there's some good stuff in there. And there's probably some bad stuff in there, but there's stuff. That you haven't read, and it's there's a lot of it. Like we we're publishing an article a day. So if you if you sign up for our newsletter, and if you haven't, please do. I do not spam you. You'll get maybe one a week. It'll be it's plain text. There's no fancy graphics to slow down your no ads email. No ads. We're not choking your computer. It's just text with links. There's no there's stupid link. videos starting themselves. No, none of that stuff. You can like- open it. And not have to worry about waking the family or waking the boss or <laughs> or anything like that. I'm I really despise pop ups. So I won't have anything to do with them. So and it's and all the links pretty much just kick you right to our site. But they take you to specific stuff. So I I share stuff in there. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, please do. Because again, we won't spam you. We will not sell or give your email address to anybody period end of discussion it's not available so um and if i ever do someday trade off the site i will delete the email list because i am not giving out your email period so that's my promise to you if you sign up for this you're only going to get emails off 
from uh, from us. Spoken uh, by a man who has been annoyed by having his email. Yeah, like I said, if for some around. reason we ever do pass on the site to somebody else, the newsletter will not go with it. Because I will not, I'm not, that's not my, I'm not playing that game. So, pressing on. What else we got? Electronic gadgets. When Salty brought this one up, I'm like, really? People do that? People do that. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's electronic gadgets are bad. It's just you can't depend on them. Yeah. Let me give you an example. A friend of mine owned a house. And unfortunately, I have to use the expression owned a house in the U.S. Virgin Islands on uh, St. John's. And their house is not there anymore. Before Irma. Irma, was it? Well, I think Irma did. Whichever John's. tornado was. Tornado? Tornado? Hornado? How about hurricane? hurricane? A hurricane. Whichever hurricane it was that took out St. John's. Before they did it, they knew they were going to lose power. They knew this massive storm was coming through. So they went out and they took down all the cellular towers. They disassembled them and they basically tied them, disassembled to the ground all over the island. So t- cellular service stopped two days before because they knew that those towers were all going to just be turned into hamburger. And they wanted to make the recovery as fast as possible. So they, they took the cell towers down and they left just temporary masts up to give you know a little bit of service. And then and, the wind started, and they're gone. Yeah, the wind started, and the temporary ones went away. But I don't know if cell service is back up on St. John's because, well, frankly, when my friends found out that their house is basically no more, um, they really kind of it's, – it's too depressing to talk about. So um, anyway, long story short – your there's area no, probably no doesn't there. have dissemblable cell phone towers, so they probably would be turned into hamburger in a yeah. serious storm. I doubt Puerto Rico has working cell service yet. I know some of my some people I know who have been trying to get hold of family there have yeah. been having trouble. So don't you know? And then you've got the the matter of no electricity and charging and no no internet. Just don't depend upon your electronic devices for communication and even if the electronics are up the during crises that system gets so overwhelmed i mean how many people were saying that they just could not get through to do anything when they were trying to call for rescue when um harvey hit houston heck we we had an example of there we went to uh, take pictures of the eclipse the solar eclipse that happened this summer and we were in uh, kearney nebraska now this is a major well for nebraska for nebraska it's a big town <laughs> it's a big town in nebraska but it's a there's a major university there and it's it's a college town it's a very 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 well wired town their cell service crashed while we were there because of the load because of all the extra people that were in town you don't think that's going to happen when people are trying to bug out of a major city this was just an eclipse you know so that ought to tell you don't depend on electronics. They, I mean, just don't do it. Have other communications mean have pre, pre-set up plans of where you're going to meet at what time if you should get cut off. You know what to do. It's just you need to make sure you do it. What else we got? Last one on the list for today. 
Heat that requires electricity. Heat that requires electricity. So many people say, well, I got a gas heat. Yes, but do you have a gas furnace that doesn't require electricity we to do. blow the, the air? Will your furnace work without electricity? This is a big deal for even short-term things like ice storms in the, well, in any place that gets ice. And I'm shocked how far south we read those sites. We, we always laugh. When you're from the Midwest, <laughs> you laugh. When you're going south, and you, the, the ice... You know, the, the places the bri- that get ice. The bridges will ice before the rest of the roads, and we're like. You know you've hit the south when they start putting up signs to tell you that, because in the Midwest and in the north, everybody knows that anyway. Yeah, you don't need to tell people that. Yeah. Roads are slippery when wet. Really? Who would have thought that? <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness me, slippery when wet? Really? <laughs> I mean, to tell you, some of this stuff just gets you, you know, what, I know the people in the northern states are going to laugh, but what always gets to me when we go and go north is on the interstates, okay, you get to, so for example, you get to Des Moines, right, and you head north for Des Moines, out of Des Moines, going towards Minneapolis, it's the first thing you see going north, you see gates, gates the, for when they close to the, interstates. the interstates for weather purposes. And you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, you're starting to get north when they when they have the blizzard gates. And that's what those are, blizzard gates. Yep, 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 yep. And they only do those on the interstate. But for our, our home, for example, it's it's a small house. Yeah. And most of the time we use electric heat. Yeah, but we right. always make sure we've got that propane heater checked out and running before it gets really cold. Because we know if a major storm comes through, that's when the power is most likely to fail. And, you know, even if you're not worried about high drama like freezing to death, you're certainly worried about your pipes freezing if your heat goes out in your house. Absolutely, especially in basement. Cause, or if you're in one of these situations where you use heat tape around the... Uh, around their pipes or something. Because that's Keep all the pipes from freezing, yeah. The pipes are freezing. I don't know. Every, every winter... Even in a place like where we are, where you know this is going to happen every dadgum time, every dadgum time, you know that somebody's going to have pipes freeze up. And if there's any glitch at all in the, in the power, it goes out for four hours. The plumbers are busy for days unplug, unplugging and, and repairing pi- water damage and pipes. So you just really need to, however you do this, whether it's a furnace with a emergency generator backup, which is my least favorite way of doing it, because I'm not a big fan of relying on generators. You can, but they're only a very short-term thing because the limiting factor with generators is almost how much, is always how much gas you have on hand. And most people in an emergency don't have that much gas because gas you have to go through. You can't lay with gas sitting around for five, ten hours or five, ten years. You know, propane you can get by with a propane generator, but they're a headache. At least you can keep the gas for longer. We use a um, a ventless heater, and we don't really use it except for in the case of an emergency. We don't really trust. I don't personally trust them for all that much, but it would keep my house from freezing in the winter without you know without yeah, worrying. Yeah, if the power goes out, we still have heat, and you know. You could even heat some kinds of food right next to it. Right. So. Sure. So anyway, this is this is our concern. Um, some things we we just wanted to bring up. So get you get the little mental grist 
or grist for your mental mill. How's that? Grist for your mental mill. That's the deal. All right, and uh, you got all that thirty-year food down in the basement. You better have a couple of mills around. We have multiple mills. We have an electric mill. We have, we have an electric mill because the hand mills are actually a pain in the tail. <laughs> yeah, and, a pain to use. Uh, I would <laughs> rather use the electric one, so I use the electric one for now. And we've got a hand crank multiple, on hand. Multiple hand cranks. Yeah. Because two is one, one is none. And that one we kind of need. So, anyway, that's that's what we got for you today. Tonight, whatever. Uh, be very careful not to run into anything here. So, hope you enjoyed the the show. And uh, if you did, please share your information. And I'm going to have to stop and drive here because I'm in the, right in the middle of town. And Spice, to, wishing you a good day. Yeah, a good day. And I got change lanes here. Hang on. All right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Now change lanes. Do do do. do. And we're going to go this way towards the mall. But we're not going to go to the mall because it's the mall. The mall. A lot of people did go to the mall. My gosh, there is a lot of people there. <laughs> My goodness, look at that. That place is packed. Have you turned the 